welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. But I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 2, excuse me, Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. And we're going to start here, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2. I'm really excited about this because I know it's one of the greatest things that we can do as a church in this valley. And it's, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of events at times, but this, this is greater than any event we've ever had. Um, this is a powerful way to see our valley touched with the love of God. And we're going to get into some things that the Lord had opened our eyes to recently. So in Matthew chapter 9, when I say recently, a couple years ago, but recent compared to the 30 years we've been here, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Are you ready, church? Say, I'm ready, Pastor. The Bible says in verse 2, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, paralyzed, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Isn't that a good word? That needs to be on our lips when we're talking to people who are bound with condemnation and guilt because of past sins. Son, daughter, don't worry about it. Your sins are forgiven you. Jesus paid the price. Everything's going to be all right. Verse 3, And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? For what's easier to say, your sins be forgiven you, or arise and walk? But that you Pharisees may know that the Son of Man, everybody say, Son of Man. Say, Son of Man. Say, I'm a Son of Man. The Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then said he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Say this, I'm a man. <laughs> and if you're a woman, you're a woman, right? So we're, we're, all, we're all men. And, and I'm going to show you something here about these scriptures. Um, you know, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was constantly trying to get his disciples to realize you guys can do a lot of what I'm doing here. You, you, you can't go to the cross like I'm going and, and as your substitute, but everything I'm doing as an example, you can be like me. Come on, you're the offspring of God. Come on, you're made in the image and likeness of God. Come on, you believe in me. Come on, I've raised you up. Come on. I mean, he's constantly trying to tell his disciples, you can do what I've been doing. And I want you to go back to verse 2. And I want you to notice the first two words. What are they? And behold. Now here's my question to you. Behold what? Now a lot of people would immediately say, Behold, Jesus healed a paralyzed man. But that's not complete. That's not even first of what the Lord wants us to behold. Now behold is Old English for check it out, man. Check it out. Check what out, Holy Spirit? Well, read the next phrase and he'll tell you the first thing he wants you to study. Look into. Check out. What does the Holy Spirit of God 
What does God want us to behold first? Oh, come on. Man's part in people being saved, healed, and delivered. We know God's part. You can read a few verses later. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. The man was healed, totally delivered. But what's man's part in helping people get free? What's man's part in helping people get delivered? Behold what? Oh, come on, guys. Behold what? Behold, they brought. So we're going to, for a while, because we're... we're, I've not spoken tongues, and I'm going to do it if the Lord says to. We're moving into a season that this revelation is going to come to full fruition. The state of the world, the future state of the world in people's minds is ripe for what you're going to hear today in this message. The Holy Spirit says, Behold, they brought. We're going to talk about these two words and two other words for a while until the Holy Spirit says stop. And we're not just going to hear good sermons. We're going to get something in our blood. We're going to get an attitude stirred up or afresh on the inside of us because there is a dying, crying, sighing world all around us and they need us hearing this message and doing this message. There are so many people right now looking up, trying to find out what faith is all about. Um, I'll give you a little testimony. I have a friend who came down here, actually flew his plane down here from Denver uh, a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, maybe something like that. He flew down one of those little airplanes that you build in your garage. It's FAA approved, but it's like this really small plane. I feel like I could have tipped it over. He sent me a picture from flying over back over the mountains and all the snow. He flew over here to help us with our sound system, our new sound system installation. And I, I talked to him a little bit about the Lord. And I don't know, Steve, you might even be watching right now. But um, he came over here. We made a connection. We became friends. And then a while back, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he, he texted me and said that he'd like to know, you know, if we would like to use his services for some things that they provide for churches. And I told him we'd be praying about it and thinking about it. But he also shared a hunger. And said, I've been there. I know. I, I've been where he was. I, I've been on, you know, looking, saying, wow, maybe I need to take steps this way. And, and so he, he texted me just a while back and said that he, somebody had just given him a Bible. And he said, for 35 years, I'm going to actually start reading the Bible. Never, never really gone this direction, but I'm going to start reading. So I got the text back and forth with him about, and I thought, and he, he's a professional. He's in the business of do, doing some great things in the sound area, very smart, technical. And, um, you know, Jesus, he's got a plan for everybody. Lawyers, doctors, right? I mean, stay-at-home moms. He's got a plan for everybody. And it was so great to see that hunger in his heart. And the Lord said, there's a lot of people like that right now. And we need to mobilize the church and equip the church, like we said during the offering, equip the church to be ready for these people, to know how to speak to these people, how to pray for these people, how to approach these people, how to bring them to church, how to believe God, because they're everywhere. A lot of people right now are looking up. And they're wanting answers, and they're wanting to know if Jesus is real. Is He true? Is, 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 he, is He really powerful? I mean, they're looking. And we get to show them Jesus. And so look at this verse now. It said, Behold, they brought. Those two words plus these two words. They brought, He healed. We're going to focus on 
for as long as the Lord says to focus on them. And I believe it's going to get in our blood. I believe our attitudes are going to be developed in line with this. And we're going to do some things that are going to bless the Lord and help a lot of people. Because really what we're going to be talking about is God's heartbeat. This is something, you know, since we're a part of Jesus, His purpose is now our purpose. And He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And there's some things we're going to share, and it's going to be fun, it's going to be powerful, you're going to love it. And by the way, I don't know if I told you this yet or not, but as we get involved with these things, I have scripture to show you that if there's anything wrong in your life, you'll get a quick healing, your darkness will become as noonday, anxiety will be a thing of the past, and there'll be a joy coming to you that you can get no other way except through the things you're going to be hearing today. Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 4.1, he said, you guys are my joy and my crown or my reward. In Thessalonians, he said, you're my glory and my joy. Talking to people. Do you know, joy is not about a self-seeking thing. Joy is about helping other people. When we help other people, like we're going to talk about, a joy is going to come to you. A satisfaction is going to come to you that you can get no other way. You can't get it through a drink, another person, an exotic island, or this or that. The only way certain joys will come to us is if we're doing the things God says produces those certain joys. And one of them is what we're going to be talking about. Helping people get to Jesus. Now, Look at, I want to read the whole thing here. Look at verse 2. Behold, they brought to him, actually we did read this, didn't we? Did we read the whole thing? Somebody tell me. <laughs> I got a room full of people. One, two, three, four, five. Um, it says, Behold, they brought to him a man paralyzed lying in a bed. And then in verse 6, it, he said, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Yeah, so we read that. So I want you to think about our part in seeing people healed and delivered. What's our part? Believing enough in the presence of Jesus in our church that by faith we're bringing people to get the help they need. Everybody say, they brought, he healed. It wasn't he healed, they brought. See, Jesus can't do what we can do, and we can't do what Jesus can do. But together, watch out. I mean, th think about it. He, he can't do what we can do. He, he, here's a revelation. Jesus needs us. Did he need these people bringing so he could heal? Yes, he did. But they needed him healing so those that they brought could be healed. Now, as you stick with this, I'm going to show you that the church is Jesus in the earth. So bringing people to, your, to a local church, a local church that's called of God, not just man doing something, you know, anybody can put a sign saying I'm a church and have business abilities and get a few people. But we're talking about a God-ordained God church is actually the body of Christ in the earth. And we need to get the revelation that we is he. <laughs> Can we say that together? I know it's really good English, Sean, if you're watching. I apologize for the terrible English, our school teacher. But we, everybody say we. I didn't say I. Corporately, we is he. So when we bring people to we, is he, 
we should expect they get things from the Lord that they can get nowhere else. And this isn't saying we can't do things outside the four walls of the church. We should be doing that all the time. Matter of fact, what we're getting church should be constantly being expressed outside the four walls of the church. But a lot of it is bringing people to the church where the body of Christ is all together. I mean, let's face it. If the, if the body of Christ is together, there's more of Jesus in that setting than there is just one-on-one on the streets. But, and even if we do get people saved on the streets... If we don't get them in the church, the danger of the world pulling them back and and, and them slipping back into the world and things becoming worse even before they were saved is is great. We have to get people plugged in. Or the the danger of them backsliding and things becoming worse is imminent. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about this. I'm a pastor. I have a desire to see people saved and to grow up and to never backslide. I have a desire to see people stay free, not just get free. You know, the Bible talks about being entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We don't want that. We want people to stay free. And one of the ways people stay free is if we can get them plugged in to a local church where the body of Christ is functioning as a whole. And then it's a lot harder to slip out because there's so many people loving on you. You're connected. You're apart. You're under a prayer covering. And so say this with me. Behold, what? What's the Lord telling us to check out? They brought. Not just behold, the paralyzed man got healed. How did it happen? What led up to it? Say this. There is a they brought ministry. And I'm in it. (laughs) Amen. There is a they brought ministry and I'm a part of it. And you are too. Now, look at verse 32. Just bounce down the chapter a little bit to verse 32. It says, "Uh uh-oh, and they went out. Behold what? Wait a minute. This phrase is here again. Behold, it sounds like the Holy Spirit wants us to check something out. And if all he wanted us to check out was that Jesus healed somebody, why put the they brought in there? If all the Holy Spirit wanted us to check out was what Jesus did, then why did the Holy Spirit say, Behold, they, the people, did something? He wants us to check this out. This is a revelation. This is a powerful... Now, what I just did is I spoke in tongues because I was going to say something in the English, and the Spirit of God gave it to me in another language. And here's the interpretation. We are living in a day right now where the people of God are going to realize they have a lot more to do with seeing people delivered than they thought. So many have been putting it all off on Jesus, not realizing they have a ministry. And a lot of that ministry is they brought and then Jesus healed. If there was no they brought, there would be no he healed. That's what I said in other tongues. The scripture reference for that is 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. You can read it. But now now think about this, guys. Here again, Jesus is about ready to heal somebody. Somebody who is harassed by a demon spirit. Now, this is so interesting to me because if they hadn't brought him, Jesus couldn't have healed him. Interesting. Does Jesus need us? What does he need us doing? He needs us believing so much in the church, the body of Christ, right? Where where Jesus said he has put members together. We need to be believing that in our presence, in our church services, Jesus is there. And these people that come 
are going to get their needs met by the entire body. You got gifts I don't have. I've got gifts you don't have. If we can get people in this atmosphere, they're going to sense the love of God. Oppression's going to break off their life. They're going to hear words, get prayers, receive help that only Jesus can give them. We need to have as much faith in the church as Jesus has in the church. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We need to believe the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. If anybody comes into our, or should I say, when people come into our church with bondages and chains and addictions and sicknesses and diseases upon them, we believe those gates that are locking them up in disease and sickness cannot prevail against the church. Something is going to help them. Things are going to break off their lives and they're going to get free and they're going to get peace because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I say we believe in the church as much as Jesus believes in the church. He said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. We need to believe there's healing in the church. We need to believe there's victory. We need to believe that we are anointed to help anybody who walks in this church. Carla reads testimonies almost every Sunday here of people who are set free and delivered and helped and saved. And that, that can multiply, guys. That can multiply. Say this, I'm, I am in the They Brought ministry. What happened here? Look at verse 32 again. It says, they went and check it out, man. <laughs> They brought to Jesus a dumb man, somebody who couldn't speak, possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spoke and the multitude marveled, saying, it was never so seen in Israel. How did this happen? The Holy Spirit gives credit to people bringing as much as Jesus healing. Somebody had enough faith to believe that if I bring them, they're going to get something really good. And they did. Say this, guys. Bringing is believing. It's an act of faith that we believe Jesus is in our church. This is way more than man. This is way more than you. This is way more than me. Jesus is working through his church to bring healing and deliverance to everybody. And we'll get as much as we believe for We'll see as much as we believe to see. Are you following? It's not just what God wants to do. It's what can we believe for him to do. The Bible says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. It didn't say if God has a good day and decides to do something. He said, if you believe, you will see the goodness and the glory of God. And they did. And Lazarus was raised from the dead, healed from whatever killed him. And he walked on in life and lived. But what was it according to? What God wanted? No, they had something to do with it. Jesus said, if you believe, you'll see. Not just if I'm God, you'll see. He said, if you believe, you'll see your brother raised from the dead. You're not going to see your brother raised from the dead just because I can do it. You're not going to believe your brother's going to be raised from the dead and healed or whatever, kill him just because I'm God. He said, but if you believe that I can do it, and if you believe I want to do it, you'll see it. So let's believe. Let's believe that Jesus is in our church. Let's believe that we're anointed. Let's believe for the love of God and the power of God. Oh, come on, man. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word Christ is not his middle name. It's explaining that he is powerful and anointed to heal people right here and right now. And it didn't say Jesus is the same. It said Jesus, the anointed, powerful healer, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we believe that as a church, when people come to this church, there's no reason they can't get all their needs met if they want free. 
Because remember the revelation? We is He. Not, not we apart from Him. He said we're His body, not us. He, he called us His body. He's the head. Not I is He, not you is He, but we is He. It's not even He is He. He has to say we because we're His body. That's amazing. He has tied Himself up so much with man and the cooperation of man that He needs us. But boy, we need Him probably more than He needs us, obviously, but He does need us. If He wants to heal your, your sick neighbor, He needs you to go help him get healed. I don't know, people, people think, well, I guess, you know, people just magically get saved. You know, those that the Lord wants saved, when it's all said and done, they'll just get saved. No, he told us the Great Commission is go you, go you into all the world and preach the good news. Right? Bring him healing, bring him deliverance, teach him about divine protection. That's our job. So say this again, they brought and he healed. So did you notice here? Behold, they brought. Now go back to Matthew chapter 8. Go back to Matthew chapter 8. I believe we're getting this revelation. I believe the Lord's going to help it to get really deep in our hearts. And Father, we just take a prayer break right now. We're asking that eyes would be opened, that hearts would be receptive, that things would be absorbed and caught from this revelation that would just help you, help us all to partner with you and co-labor with you according to your perfect will. Father, we know the days are short and a few more clicks, we are all out of here. Help us to be about the Father's business. Show us these things clearly. Help us to be doers of these things. And we thank you the results will be more people in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm kind of passionate about this. Can you tell? Look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. I've read this scripture a hundred times probably, and I never really saw this revelation until I, the Lord revealed it a while back. It said, now in verse 17, excuse me, verse 16, when the evening was come, hmm, what's those next two words? Don't you like those two words? Why would the Bible, why would the Holy Spirit say, uh, record these two words if these two words weren't important? I've never, you know, I, I, I've never heard anybody else preach on this. I got this from the Lord. You know, kind of like Paul said, I received it from the Lord. This is something I received from the Lord for this church. I don't know, it probably can go beyond this church. Maybe the books, when we write the books on it, they'll go beyond the church and, and the teachings. But the Lord's telling Faith Heights Church right here in Grand Junction, Colorado, there is a they brought ministry and you can be a part of it. Do I got to? You get to! You get to! Come on, man, this is exciting to think that we're anointed to bring people to the Lord and to bring them to the church and see their deepest needs met. You know, things the world writes them off on and says, sorry, no cure. Well, that's not Jesus saying there's no cure. There's a cure for every ailment, every problem, every depression, every fear, every sickness. And Faith High's church just happens to be wild enough to believe that everybody can be free. We believe those scriptures. He died for everybody. He was bruised for everybody. He was whipped for everybody, not just a few people. Well, Pastor, why aren't all people being healed? All people don't know some of the things we're teaching. And others are teaching. Some people haven't read enough scriptures to know. It's not that God's withholding. People just don't know how to receive. But thank God we're learning. And I want to teach everybody in this valley how to learn, how to receive from the Lord. So here it says, Evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, 
And he cast out the spirits with his word. It's amazing what can leave your life by hearing good, powerful word in sermons. Oppressions and fears and diseases. How Jesus cast out devils? With his word. We have the privilege of preaching his word. And this the devil has no defense for. He cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Everybody say all. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. When people hear that, He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and they believe it, they'll be healed. Where are they going to hear that? Well, they could hear it in one-on-one -on -one conversations, and you can see mighty results, and they can hear it in a church when the anointing of God's strong in a corporate anointing. And when they hear it, they're going to be healed if they believe it. Now, church, did you see this here? They brought to him. What if they didn't bring? And they just kind of kicked back and said, well, you know, I'm sure that, you know, whoever wants to go to these meetings can go. I mean, you know, I know Jesus is preaching over there, but, you know, if it's God's will, I'm sure people will just get out of bed and go. They had more faith than that. And they realized, no, I got to get my friends to him. I got to get my family to him. Because if I get my family to him, and he's no respecter of persons, and he's healing everybody, and he's not asking for brownie points, he's not looking for brownie points or how well have you lived your life. Or, no, he's just healing them all. They'll be healed. These people had great faith. Yeah, but pastor, that was Jesus, the Son of God. Friend, the church is no less Jesus than what we're reading about here. As a matter of fact, you're going to see a scripture in just a second in 1 John 4, 17, where it says, As he is, so are we in this world. Not, not as he is, so am I. This is a corporate thing. As he is, presently, you know, healer, deliverer, champion of all, king of glory, savior. As he is, not so are we going to be, so are we in this world. So before we go to that scripture though, look here with me um, in Acts chapter 5. Who, thank you Lord, Acts chapter 5. Guys, the Lord has been talking to me about this for quite a while and recently it really came up in me really strong. Carl and I were, were seeking the Lord and talking about these things and um, there's some things that we're going to do that we've never done before. And you talk about joy in this city. Great joy. In Acts chapter 18, Jesus appeared to Paul. And I was reading this scripture one day, and the Lord said, Son, now I'm talking to you, not Paul. And Jesus told Paul, because he had gotten some persecution in Corinth, and some people were coming against him, and some things were trying to happen to destroy him. And Paul had, uh, the Lord had to tell Paul in a vision, said, Paul, don't be afraid, but speak. For I have much people in this city. And when I read that, the Lord spoke to my heart just like He speaks to all of our hearts on the inside. I knew in my heart He was saying, Son, this city, and actually this Grand Valley, I have much people in this valley. And then He prophesied to us audibly through Keith Moore a few years ago when Keith came up to me and Carla right here in these two chairs and pointed right at us and put His finger right here and said, This valley is yours saith the Lord, I've given it to you, lay hold on it, possess it, 
This valley is yours. Pointed to Carla and said, this valley is yours. Well, we had enough sense to realize we're going to need a lot of help to complete what the Lord just told us. So anybody that's called to this ministry is a part of that prophecy. And when I heard those words, I realized the Lord saying, we're going to have an anointing. We're going to get direction from heaven to reach this entire valley. Now, whether they all accept Jesus or not is up to them. We have the power and the authority to reach them and to give them things from heaven to where they can see and know, wow, this is, this is the real thing. And when that prophecy came forth, I realized, man, this, this, the Lord said that, and he was actually flying in on his jet that, uh, for those meetings, and he looked over the valley, and he realized, he heard it right there in the air. He said, tell them, tell the pastors, I've given them this valley. And then I thought of the scripture where it said the Lord talked about giving up one person five cities and one person ten cities. And, and I was thinking, wow, that's interesting because I counted like seven cities in this valley. I think it's seven from Palisade to, to Mac. And, and, and I got to thinking, did the Lord just give us cities? He did. When you start thinking about and looking at some of the opposition that's come against Faith Heights Church, me personally, our marriage, our family. When you start, you kind of begin to go, oh, well, no wonder. We've got seven cities. The Lord gave us seven cities that maybe the enemy's been controlling for a while, but he's given it to us. Now we can take authority and see people saved, healed, and delivered, and pulled from a devil's mess. So look here in Acts chapter 5, in verse 14, 15, and 16. Acts chapter 5, verse 14, 15, and 16. This is the early church. Jesus has ascended into heaven. This is talking about the church. This is actually talking about our church. It's not an early church and a latter church. It's the same church. There was a church in the early days, but it's the same church in these days. We don't want to think there was an early church and then there's a latter church. No, there's one church. One was started 2,000 years ago. We're 2,000 years into it now. We are the same church. So what you read here, keep this in mind, this is after Jesus physically left the earth realm and ascended to the Father. He died, He was buried, He rose from the dead, and He ascended to the Father. He's out of the earth realm. And a lot of people think, well, now that Jesus is gone, you know, all those signs and wonders are gone and all those healings are gone and all those powerful things are gone. Uh-uh. <laughs> turn to your neighbor and go, uh-uh. <laughs> if you're sitting by yourself, turn to your angel and go, uh-uh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just read you the scripture in Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're part of the forever part. We're in the forever part. So, keep this in mind, and now read this, verse 16, it says, Then came also a multitude out of the cities around about unto Jerusalem, bringing, everybody say bringing. Come on, did the early church need the help of the bringing ministry? Just like Jesus did. Bringing sick folks and them which were vexed or harassed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Jesus is gone physically out of the earth realm. He is geographically in heaven at this time, but the same works of Jesus are being accomplished through the church. 
They brought these people to where the apostles were, where the people were. They didn't quite have the buildings yet like we have it, but they gathered. And where they gathered and where these people were, everybody got healed. Now, why would the people bring them? Because they believed, even though Jesus has ascended to the Father, the same power is working through the church, His body. The same power is working through His disciples, His people. And we know this is not just an apostle thing, because Stephen wasn't an apostle and miracles were in his ministry. I personally, um, I mean, I don't mind it, but I don't particularly like the... Um, the title uh, called the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Because, friend, there's a lot more than apostles that were used in this book. We're talking about certain disciples receiving visitations from the Lord, certain people working in the church on the helps team being used of God in miracles and launched out. And no, this, this should be the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the church. And really, the book of Acts has no ending. There's no ending like Paul did. Like My salutation is this, so farewell, God bless you, His mercy. It just ends, and because you know what? The book of Acts is still being written. It's still being written. We're part of the same church, and I think the Holy Spirit purposely put no, the end, at the end of this book, because He wanted it to keep being written. There are chapters in the book of Acts that have been written since, the, since those days up till now. I don't know how many chapters it is by now. But the book of Acts, and we're part of it. We're part of the book of Acts. It's not the Acts of the Apostles. If you read it, the Apostles said, Why look you on us as though we, have, by our own power or holiness, made this man walk? He said, Don't look on us. It's not us as Apostles. This is the Holy Ghost. This is the name of Jesus. This is something every believer can do and be involved with. So listen to this before we close. Acts chapter 5, verse 14, it says, and then we got down to verse 7, excuse me, verse 16. Then there also came a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks. Did you see that? What's verse 15 say? Inasmuch as they brought. Everybody say they brought. What's verse 14 say? Let's read verse 14. Believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought. There's the they brought ministry again after Jesus is gone. After he's geographically ascended to the Father. That they brought ministry is still here. And so is the healings and so is the deliverances. Because the church is here. It's time for the church to believe we are who he says we are. And that we have what he says we have. And that we can do what he says we can do. There are people in your orbit of life, in my orbit of life, all over, right now, hungry and ready to be brought to Jesus. i got to show you just a couple more things before we close. Go to, um, I want you to go to Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, message translation. So if you don't have the message translation, just look up on the screen. Are we getting this, church? Acts, excuse me, Mal, uh, Haggai, Haggai 2.19 out of the message translation. As soon as you're ready, you can put that up on the screen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9 out of the message translation. Okay, you guys looking at that up there? Can you read it? Let's see, I think they have more up there than I really need. Let's see. Okay, that's, I need 9, verse 9. Haggai 2, 9. Did I say 15 through 17 back there? All right, here we go. Here we go, you ready? 
This temple, talking about the place of God, the church, this temple is going to end up far better than it started out. How did it start out? <laughs> we just read, everybody was getting healed. And it's going to end up better. He's talking about the local church in the last days. Look at this. It's, it's going to be better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place. Everybody say a place. In which God says, I will hand out wholeness and holiness, decree of God of the angel armies. Why do we want to bring people to church? Because God said it's a place where he's going to hand out wholeness. What's wholeness? Nothing wrong, nothing missing, nothing broken. And it's also a place where people are going to want to get their act together and live right, because that's the best life there is. Oh, did you see this? Why do we want to bring people to church? Well, one reason is because we're the body of Christ. And we need to have a little more faith that we are the body of Christ. And believe it, when people come walking into here, they walk into an attitude and an atmosphere where they're, wow, I could just, I expect great things to happen. I, I, I feel like I could just be healed right now. I feel like I could be delivered. You can. We can, create, we can set the atmosphere, our faith. And what, what, what's a sign that we believe? Bringing is believing. Something really good is going to happen when we bring our neighbors, our friends, our family, our co-workers. We are going to be so ready, church, this year. As soon as we start gathering together again, we're going to be so ready. It's like a whole different church. Fresh anointing. Prayed for it a while back. It's happening. So before we close, I want you to go to uh, 1 John 4 and one more scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. This will only take a couple minutes and we'll close for now. Uh, we're going to put some resources on the website before next Sunday. And you're going to be able to download PDFs of a book I wrote called One. It's, it's One Neighbor Each or Operation Neighborhood Evangelism. You'll be able to download it free of charge. We're going to put up there a certificate. It's a license that license you into the They Brought Ministry. And you can download it, print it, put it on your wall and say, put your name on there and say, I'm, I'm officially a member of the They Brought Ministry. And um, I... Hmm. Okay, 1 John 4, 17, turn there and I'll get these scriptures out, but I'm not going to speed talk. 1 John 4, 17, go ahead and put it up on the screen. Herein is our love made perfect, or complete, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because the Holy Spirit, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Why do we want to bring people to church? Because we is He. We're bringing people to Jesus. It didn't say I is He individually. It didn't say you is He individually. God's not into this Lone Ranger Christian stuff. He's into we. Together. Love one another. He said, as He is, so are we in this world. Oh, isn't that powerful? We. Now go to 1 Corinthians 12. Look at verse 12. And there will be two more verses. 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 12, this talks about and just reinforces what we're, we're getting here from the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, please put it up. Thank you. For we, as the body is one, our physical body is one, but it has many members, right? You got hands, you got feet, you got eyes, you got ears, you got a nose. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Oh, come on, do you see this? We are more powerful together than we are individually. 
We each have unique gifts and callings. I mean, we've got things on the inside of us that when we bring people to this church, they're not just going to get what I have. They're going to get what you have. They're going to get love. They're going to get anointed greeting. They're going to get anointed praise and worship. They're going to get anointed teaching for the kids. They're going to get everything. They're going to they're see a place cleaned by anointed housekeepers. They're going to get the fullness of the body of Christ in this church when we bring them here. You may have a personality they can relate to better. You may have an anointing they can relate to better. Guys, this is amazing. Go to the other verse I gave you now. 1 Corinthians 12. Many members, one body, so also is Christ. And I think the other verse was verse 14 and 27. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. And again, he's talking about the church. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. So we see again here, he's talking about the body of Christ. So when we bring people to church, we're bringing them to the Lord. All right, in closing, i got to say this. Um, in Revelation, and you can turn there if you'd like, Revelation um, chapter 21 I wanted to leave you with this thought because it, it's a little bit sobering, but it needs, it needs to be in us. This, this needs to be real to us. Pastor's not just up here excited because he got a church growth plan. I believe this is the will of God for our church right now. I believe it's very, very powerful and that it's going to help a lot of people. And there's a, there's a few years from now, we are going to be shouting for joy that we took this serious, as opposed to crying and the Lord having to dry our tears. All right, look at, look at verse 4. Um, actually, I wanted to... In verse 2, it says, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And John said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he'll dwell with them, and they'll be his people, and God will be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Now, I ask myself this question, what are people crying about in this place? Why, why are people crying that God has to wipe away tears from their eyes? when they're seeing this amazing city come down and hearing these words. People are going to realize when they see this city, it's going to blow them away. You and I are going to see a city so beautiful, there's no human words to describe it. We're going to see this awesome place where we and God are going to dwell together forever. And it's going to blow us away. And I think some people are going to cry when they see it, and they're going to go, Why didn't I do more to help people get here? This is terrible, Lord. This is terrible. I had neighbors. I had friends. I had family. This is, I believe people are going to weep when they see how beautiful this place is in the tabernacle of God, and they're going to start remembering people they didn't take any effort or time to bring to the saving knowledge to where they could be there with them. We're going to see something so spectacular and we're going to go, we're either going to go, oh, why didn't I do more? I didn't know this place was this real and powerful. Or we're going to go, glory to God! We got a they brought message. 
We did our best. We reached out. We gave up pleasures and comforts to do this. We tweaked our personality. We got on fire for God. We did what we were told to do. We got addicted to the ministering to the saints. We got addicted to soul winning. We did it. We did our best. God, we did our best. How many want to see this city and see this site knowing you did your best? As opposed to, what was I doing? What was I doing? I didn't know this place was so real. I didn't know this place was so amazing. What did I do? What did I not do? And God's going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. And they're going to supernaturally somehow be able to deal with it. And they're going to go on. I don't want to be one crying at that day. I want to be one shouting at that day. Because we heard from God. We tweaked our lives. We got out of ruts. We broke cement molds. We got soft again. And we followed the Lord and did what He said. So, in the book, I Believe in Visions, Kenneth Hagin has a chapter where the Lord appeared to Brother Hagin in a vision and he wrote about it. And he said, in this vision... He said, Jesus was standing there, and I stood in his presence. This is Brother Hagen narrating. And Jesus was holding a crown in his hands. The crown was so extraordinarily beautiful that human language cannot begin to describe it. Jesus has this beautiful crown. Jesus told me, quote, Son, this is a soul winner's crown. My people are so careless and indifferent. This crown is for every one of my children. I speak and say, Go, speak to this one, or pray for that one. But my people are too busy. They put it off and souls are lost because they'll not obey me. When Jesus said that, I wept before him. I knelt down and repented of my failures. Then Jesus said to me again, come up here. It seems as if I went with him through the air until we came to a beautiful city. We did not actually go into the city, but we beheld it at close range as one might go upon a mountaintop and look down on a city in the valley. Its beauty was beyond words. Jesus said that people selfishly say they are ready for heaven. They talk about their mansions and their glories of heaven while many around them live in darkness and in hopelessness. Jesus said I should share my hope with them and invite them to come to heaven with me. Now, I want to pray for anyone who's watching that you're not sure you're a Christian. Friend, I have really good news for you. It's not too late. Can't always, won't always be able to say that, but I can right now. It is not too late. You can receive Jesus into your heart right now. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's not mad at you for all your sins and mistakes. It doesn't matter how crazy and perverted or what kind of life you've lived. It doesn't matter. His blood is greater. He loves you. The songs we were singing today earlier, you should go back and listen to them if you haven't heard them. They're ministering. They're for you. They're there to help you right now where you're at. And so if you're not born again or you're not sure that you're born again, this is the most important question I could ever ask you. Do you want to be born again? If you do, pray this prayer with me right now. And everybody just say these words after me. If you want to be born again or what the Bible calls saved, you can be right now. Say this, Jesus, I believe in you. I may not understand it all, but I believe you came to this earth, lived a holy life, died on a cross for my sins. You were buried and you rose again on the third day. 
that I might be right with God. I believe in you, Jesus, and I thank you that I do, and it makes me now saved. I'm born again, just like you said. Amen. Now, friend, whether you felt anything or not, you just prayed a prayer that God responded to, and you are now a child of God. Don't ever doubt it. You're saved. You're going to heaven when you die. You're in His hands, and nothing can pluck you out. You have been pulled from the fire. No matter what your past was like, you got a brand new life. You are now a brand new baby in Christ. You have a whole new life to live, and the Lord wants to help you, and we want to help you. Please come to church on a regular basis. If you don't live here in town, find a good Bible-believing church. We will help you find a good church. Call us during office hours. We will direct you to the churches. We know churches all over the world. They're everywhere. Good churches. We're connected with a lot of churches. So uh, let us know. But also, this is very, very important. Go to faithheights.org. Click the church online tab. Fill out the salvation form so we could have your name and your email and pray over you and keep you under a prayer covering. Give you a free Bible if you need one. Please go to faithheights.org. Please uh, Click the, the church online tab, fill out the salvation form, and we will, we will put you in the family. We love you. We're glad you prayed that prayer. All right, let's all stand up. And let's declare before we go a couple words. Say this with me. Jesus, thank you for calling me into the ministry. I have a vital part. I'm important. I believe that your church is the body of Christ. We are the church and we will bring people to you and they will get gloriously delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.